You're listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast, dedicated to bridging the gap between alternative healthcare and mainstream medicine in utilizing everything good to help you feel great. We're glad you tuned in. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Pound. After 12 years of professional football, Dr. DeWitt has seen and experienced the devastating effects of TBI and concussions. His grandfather died from advanced dementia at 72, and his father's starting to show early signs of it as well. So Dr. DeWitt went to the races and not only learned, but specialized in concussions and brain health, and has written several books, developed supplements, and helped people regain and maintain the good brain health they deserve. Stay tuned for what Dr. DeVette not only has to say about how to improve your vision, but how to improve your brain as well. All right, welcome to the show today. I'd like to welcome my honored guest, Dr. DeWitt, who is quite has quite the background and quite the story. He's he's man, he's got his hands in everything. So I'm really excited to have him here on the show today, and I'd like to welcome you, Dr. DeWitt. Well, thank you, sir. I'm excited to be here and uh, share all the different things I have my hands in. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about your background, how you got in, into what you're doing now, because you kind of come from a sports background. So share with the audience who you were before you become who you are now. Okay. Well, I was born in a small town. Well, technically I'm in Orange County now, but it was a small town in uh, Arkansas. It was 85,000 people, but technically in Arkansas standards, that's the second biggest city in the state. But, uh, I was born there, was kind of a small kid never really, um, the, when I was born, the doctor said, oh, he's going to be a sickly, sickly kid, which was ironic because I went on to, I'm 6'4 now, 250, 260 pounds. I um, walked onto the football team at Vanderbilt uh, University and earned a scholarship after my first semester. And that was very exciting because my parents basically said, this is a very expensive school and you, we can't pay for you to go there if you don't get a scholarship. So they, they threw down the gauntlet and I said, okay. And so I uh, set a bunch of goals and really focused on achieving that goal and uh, learned a lot in that whole process because I got the scholarship. But then after that, I didn't have my follow-up goals set up. So then it was kind of a letdown because I was like, okay, now what? And uh, of course, I wrote a book about that. I, I'm a little book happy when it comes to experiences. So <laughs> anyway, so I did that. And then um, I had a tryout with the, the San Francisco 49ers back in the Joe Montana, Jerry Rice days. And uh, that didn't quite work out for me. So then I went back and coached my, or was an assistant coach at my high school uh, football team, which was nice. And then I went to a scout camp where you pay a hundred dollars and they videotaped a bunch of guys doing drills and running routes and doing the measurements and the vertical jump and all that stuff. And uh, just so happens that Rich Sneed was there. He was the personnel director for the Houston Oilers, which is, they're no longer around, but anyway, um, he liked what he saw and he asked if I'd be interested in, uh, you know, playing for them. And I said, well, yeah. And I didn't even have an agent at the time. And, you know, he said, well, let me talk about it to my to the people and we'll call you back. And a couple of days later he called me up and said, uh, we'd like to offer you $103,000. And I said, Holy mackerel. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, that I didn't know at the time that was the bare minimum they could, they could offer me. So, or the, and so I was like, Oh, oh Okay. And then after he, after I accepted it, he was like, oh, you might want to get an agent. I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you. But uh, so I was with the Oilers, and then they uh, ended up sending me to Scotland to play football over in NFL Europe, which was great. We won the championship over there. Never would have gotten a passport even, I don't think, if I had not done that. And uh, it was really exciting. Got to see Scotland and Germany and England and Spain and, uh, and Amsterdam, all these really exciting places. And um, decided – 
my sister was a pharmacist or is a pharmacist. And so I decided, I guess I'll just follow her path and went to the same pharmacy school she went to. And after a year of that, I just decided that I did not want to be working with a bunch of insurances and, and people that are just getting more and more, you know, medications. And it just didn't seem to work for, for them really. And I didn't want to be a part of that. And I wanted to be more into the the gross anatomy. Like I want to know how, what muscle moves, what bone and what nerves go, go to what and, and how all that works out. And so I found out as I was playing football, Oh, I should elaborate on that as well. I, uh, after playing with Scotland, I played for a multitude of other teams up in Canada, up in, I even played in the XFL for that one year that it was around played arena football. I, I remember and, that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That, that was a lot of fun. I played in San Francisco so uh, that was that was a wonderful experience. A lot of a lot of travel is what football provided me opportunities to travel. Um, and so after 12 years of professional football, went to pharmacy school for a year. Said that's not what I want to do. Let me do something else. And I and as I was kind of winding down my football career, I asked the uh, team chiropractors, you know, what do you have to do to be a chiropractor? And and they you know said you have to like science, biology, that kind of stuff. And um, you're you're a big guy, so that be it should be easy for you. And so I said, oh okay, and stepped in and went to an advanced accelerated program. It was three, it was a five-year program condensed into three and a half years with no breaks or anything like that because I was getting up in, up in years as, as you say, I guess I was 34 at the time. I think I was, yeah, I was 34 and uh, became a chiropractor and it was so much fun. And I've got, I had a chance to meet so many interesting people and made a lot of mistakes starting out and ended up at a practice now where we are definitely one of the most busy practice. We see thousands of people in a, in a week. I mean, we just see thousands and thousands. I mean, so many people, I get to meet people from all over the world. We have a waiting list until like September or October of this year and um, for new patients, which is unfortunate because we'd like to help as many as we can, but you know, that's a good problem to have, I guess. But I, um, and then in the middle of all that, I've, I've, come across some really interesting holistic ways to to heal vision i wore glasses since the eighth grade and that is not a uh, a good thing to do when you're having to play football because you can't really wear your glasses unless you want to be eric dickerson with the goggles and that was not my not my style and i had to try to wear contacts that was a pain and i didn't figure out how to naturally heal my vision until after i played football but but I like to share all the information I've learned. I've written three different books about, about how to uh, correct your vision naturally through specific exercises, um, nutrition, and even certain chiropractic adjustments can help with vision. And I even have my own uh, vision supplement that I've come out with it's called the uh, Vision All-in-One, the last vision supplement you'll ever need. And um, then I said... In 2015, the movie Concussion came out with Will Smith, and that's when I was kind of like, my wife didn't want me to watch it because she was just like, eh, you might not like that. And ironically, I'm in the middle of the NFL concussion settlement thing right now. I have a, a neuropsych evaluation on March 20th, which should be, should be interesting. It's an eight-hour-long evaluation. Don't know what they're going to do in that, but we'll see. But anyway... I, uh, because of that movie, I decided I needed to find out more about concussions because I knew that I had at least three or four concussions in my career. And, um, I was concerned because my, my father has early onset dementia and, and he didn't even, he played, he stopped playing football when he was a sophomore in high school. 
and I played for all that extra time. And they actually just came out with a study from um, Boston, uh, a university in Boston, I think it was Boston University, that said that um, sub-concussive blows to the head can actually cause chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is, the, which is the CTE everybody's worried about, just as badly as concussions can. So it doesn't have to be just somebody that's had a bunch of concussions. It can be those just just sloshing the brain around a little bit, even though it's not a concussion, can be just as bad because it, it accumulates over time, that damage. So that's just a whole can of worms they just opened up now. And so, and it's not just football, it's soccer, it's lacrosse, it's any kind of contact sports. Basketball even is really high with concussions. So it's going to be interesting how sports in general change because of all the findings they're coming out with. And um, so I wrote a book on concussions. It's called um, Concussions in CTE. Where do we go from here? And um, have a webinar about that, that that people can watch for free to educate, get more education on that. And um, also have a, a supplement that optimizes brain function and circulation to the brain and tries to help even protect the brain to, to strengthen those cell walls and cell membranes to keep them from uh, being damaged. And my latest um, adventure is researching stem cells. And I know that you have some experience with this stem cells and, and how they can help people that don't think they have any, any other options other than surgery. And in our office, we see a lot of people that have had um, hip replacements, shoulder surgeries, back surgeries, and see all this hardware. And it's just amazing. It's like the surgeons just kind of decide to get creative and say, oh, well, that didn't work. Well, let's go back in there and throw a wire around this little thing and a little piece of concrete in there. Maybe that'll stabilize it. I mean, it's crazy what they do. And some of the um, results that people are getting with the stem cell injections for, for into the shoulders and the knees and, and then even in the back is, has been pretty remarkable. And there's actually a, a documentary going on right now called The Healing Miracle that uh, Jeff Hayes who was is a very famous uh, filmmaker that came out with the, the documentaries Doctored, Vaccine Revealed, and, and, and some, some of those different, uh, and Bought was another one that he did. He is the one that, that came out with The Healing Miracle, and people actually can uh, sign up for that for free right now because they're letting each episode go for a 24-hour period, and if you're on the list, then you'll get an email of that episode. So there's uh, episode four is coming out this, after, this evening, so, um, you know, we'll figure out a way to get that link to people so they can take advantage if they like. And uh, so stem cells are exciting. I'm also uh, part of a company that is um, researching and coming out with a CBD um, ointment, ointment or balm, you might call it, that's a pain-relieving ointment that uh, is very interesting in California. There's a lot of people that are, are jumping onto the, the CBD train, as it were, and I'm um, excited to see where that goes. I'm on the board with the um, Beyond Concussion Center down in San Diego. That um, is very exciting. We just got our uh, 5013C or 501C3 status, our, our charity status. So we're going to be raising money to help uh, kids that have suffered with traumatic brain injuries. So, yes, I feel like I've just been talking for about an hour. I'm sorry. How are you? <laughs> well, you know, you've you've really niched down your your clinic and your practice, um, and really kind of hit these a uh, couple of 
uh, categories that I really want to do a deep dive in. But you mentioned the stem cell. And yeah, when I worked in San Francisco in a clinic, I remember the first the first patient who'd come in, it was a it was a teenager, and it was a complete ACL tear. And they injected the stem cells. And, uh, you know, not long afterwards did another MRI and the ACL had completely healed. I mean, it was, it was amazing. In fact, wow. I remember talking to the doctor. I said, how does it know when to stop, right? Is it just going to continue to build? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he exactly. says, well, stem cells, you know, they've got, it's all built into the DNA. So you have a DNA map right. of how originally to grow the ACL. And so all it's doing is stimulating that, that information. And I was fascinated by it. And so, so the stem cells you used in that in that case were 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 they the patient's own stem cells that you used, or they, some, they were? Else? Yes. Oh, okay, fascinating. Yeah. So uh, qu- quite interesting. But let's let's go back to vision. I want to uh, dive into okay. vision, go a little deeper into vision. So tell me what a, maybe an ideal candidate is, what they present with how you're seeing the healing happen, kind of what naturally, as far as what you use. For okay. That. What happens a lot of times, people, especially nowadays, um, with all of the, the cell phones, the tablets, the computers, everybody is looking at a computer screen, and there is a blue light that comes from any electronic device that, that alters brain function. It blocks melatonin production, so you're not able to sleep at night. That's one of the things that we always encourage people is if they're not feeling rested in the mornings, they need to make sure they're doing a specific sleep protocol to make sure that they're getting enough deep sleep, that REM, the the rapid eye movement sleep, because that is very important to healing. But as far as the vision is concerned, I am basically in my research, I found the teachings of Dr. William H. Bates and there, I'm sure there's some of your listeners that will, know, have heard, will have heard of the Bates method. And he was an ophthalmologist back in the 19th century that said, you know, I keep giving glasses to people. And every time they come back in for their, their little checkup, their, their, their vision is not getting better. I, have, I always have to give them stronger prescriptions. So there has to be a way that we can heal the eyes and eliminate the need for glasses. And now, of course, all of his colleagues said, what are you, what are you talking about? That's going to, you're going to be biting the hand that feeds you because there's not going to be anybody that needs glasses anymore. And that's what we do. And uh, he was out in New York. And so I have incorporated and kind of tweaked some of the exercises that he does to help release some of the stress and strain that people have. Because when you're looking at a, a screen, you're supposed to blink, you know, we're supposed to blink every every few seconds. And if you're trying to read something on a computer screen, you literally can sit there and sometimes you'll go 20, 30 seconds without blinking. And that's going to cause a lot of eye strain, dry eye, headaches, things like that. And so his theory or his um, technique is you don't stress, you don't squint, you have to relax, you have to blink. Blinking is, (laughs) there's my dog. Blinking is really important because it actually creates a, a, a lens, almost a contact lens of tears over the eye and helps you focus. So you have to relax the muscles of the face. You have to relax the muscles of the neck and the upper trunk to make sure everything is relaxed so you're getting the best circulation to the eyes. Um, you have to practice shifting because his entire, I, I keep saying his because, I, I mean, it's 
ours because I did tweak it a little bit, but the way that modern medicine works with vision is they focus on the lens because they say, okay, the lens it's, you're getting cataracts because the proteins are starting to get a little calcified in the lens. So you, it's not as pliable, so you can't focus. And, but that's not, that's not what we're focusing on here. What we're focusing on is where the actual retina, which is the, the movie screen, if, if you, if it were to where the image is focused on, on the back of the eye. So if you're able to move where that movie screen is, then that's going to affect where the focal point of your vision is regardless of, so, so you're not concerned about what's happening in the front. You're concerned about what's happening in the back and nothing is going to actually be seen until it is able to be processed by the brain. So it has to be picked up by the retina in the back, taken by the optic nerve back to the visual cortex in the back of the brain. And that's actually based on your past experiences, what you interpret as, Oh, okay, that's, that's a dog or that's, that's your wife or that's your husband. That is where vision is. Vision is a, is a brain thing. It's not a, an eye thing. So we're just focusing on how to make sure that the image is focused correctly on that retina. And then the brain is processing, processing it. Right. Well, there's got to be that connection between antioxidants and, and vision. And so I found that quite fascinating. Right, because the free radicals, that, that's something that interferes with, with the vision and, and the stress and strain. That's where I, what I go into in the nutritional aspect of it. Because in the book I wrote about, uh, it's 20 surprising foods for clearer vision. Um, it's really ironic that we have over, we're, we're always overthinking things when it comes to medical stuff. We think, oh, we're smarter than the body, so we're going to come up with this new genetically modified type of food that's going to help people more, or we're going to come out with this different medication that's going to help them. And if you just go back to Socrates and Hippocrates and all those kind of guys where they're talking about, hey, you just have to let food be your medicine because food, we literally are what we eat. And so if you're eating bad stuff and you're stressed out, you're not going to actually get the vision that you want. And so, but if you eat the carrots, like you said, that's going to help with the beta carotene, the vitamin A, the vitamin E, the vitamin C, all of those things are so vital for, for proper vision, but not just proper vision. It's just overall health of the organism itself. And so if you put good gas, one of the strength coaches at Houston used to say this all the time. If you put good gas into your body, then you're going to function well. But if you put bad gas in, you're not going to be functioning all, on all cylinders. So you need to make sure you're eating all the right stuff. So can you give me, can you, is there maybe an example of someone who uh, came to you, presented, and had trouble with their vision, what they were suffering from, and how they healed better fast? Well, that's the tricky part. Fast, the only time it really happens fast is if, is if you don't have a very super, super severe issue. Because I've had people that said, you know, I've got... Um, I'm legally blind. You know, how long is this going to take? I'm like, well, it takes a lot longer if you're, if you're really struggling trying to overcome something a lot more serious. But ironically, we just had a patient come in from Brooklyn. He came in with his mom uh, last week and he was so excited. He came up and he's like, thank you so much. Cause, cause I've also got a, a webinar, a, a two and a half hour long free webinar on vision. Um, that's at uh, relaxedclarity.com because he came up, shook my hand, and I didn't know who he was. I'm like, oh, you, what, do you, what happened? And he said, I literally could not 
believe it because I've improved my vision by my prescription by one point just by doing all the stuff in your webinar. And I was like, that's phenomenal. What was going on? And he said, well, it was really, really hard for me to read. So I was farsighted. I mean, I could see far away, no problem, but I couldn't see up close. I couldn't read my you know, books or see my computer screen or my uh, cell phone. And it was driving me crazy. And he had done the shifting, which is an exercise we talk about, how, how you have to pro focus on things up close, things far away, and then things up close again, because that just kind of helps to train those muscles of the eye. And uh, he had done that. And in his particular case, it had taken him a year for him to get that one-point improvement. But, I mean, he wasn't going to the optometrist every day, so maybe it had improved sooner than that. But that's, that's one that happened just this week alone. So it's... It definitely works. It just uh, it just takes a little time. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And you know, when we use the you and I use the term fast, it can be a little subjective, right? Some of our patients yeah. maybe have been dealing with this stuff for twenty years. They'll get better in a year. Uh, that's pretty quick, especially if they're even improving versus getting worse. Uh, versus, I know that's the thing that. Yeah, that's one of the things that I get frustrated about. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but, but patients come in and say they're in their late 60s and they have had, you know, not the best lifestyle. They've not been treating their, themselves very well with what they eat and, you know, sedentary lifestyle, things like that. And it's it's kind of like, well, what, you treat them for two months and they're like, why am I not better? I'm like, well, you've, you've had a lifetime to cause this problem. It takes a little time if you're going to try to fix it in a holistic, natural, healthy way. And they're like, well, then I'm just going to get surgery. I'm like, well, that, that's, you just assume that's going to be the answer because it's fast. But the problem is there's a lot of times that surgery is not the answer. And I have to, I have to be honest, this is such a hard thing for me to admit. But at, talking about my dad, he, they live out in Arkansas. And, you know, I mentioned before that he's, he's got some, some early onset uh, dementia going on, or maybe I, I don't know if I mentioned that on the, on the air or not. But, and so that's frustrating. But then he started to feel like he had his uh, elastic in his socks was too tight. It was like hurting his legs. And, and, and he had uh, drop foot, which is where the tibialis anterior nerve isn't, isn't really functioning properly. And so that indicates he has pressure on the nerves in his lumbar spine or in his low back. So, I told him, I'm going to fly out there and get you a chiropractor in Arkansas that's got some good decompression, some good different, you know, techniques. I want to make sure you're going to the right guy and you have to give this a chance. He said, okay, fly out there, go with him to his appointment, help him fill out all his paperwork, observe the whole adjustment, the whole the decompression. They had a decompression table. This was fascinating to me. They had an actual decompression table. And here in California, if you're going to get a certain number of sessions of that, it's thousands of dollars. And I guess it's because he was on Medicare. They were like, oh, no, no, that's all covered. Don't worry about it. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's when your jaw but, drops because you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was just like, what? Uh, oh, can I stay here for a while? But uh, it, I literally couldn't believe it because my mom called me two weeks later and said, uh, they said they can't help him. He has to have surgery. And I called their office and I said, what are you talking about? And he said, oh, well, we adjusted him four times. I was like, four times? And that's it, huh? You just gave up. And they're like, well, he would feel better after the adjustment, but then it, it would come back. And I was like, well, I didn't. So we had a few choice words. And basically my dad decided, you know what? 
I'm going to have the surgery. And I told him, if you have the surgery, you can't go into the surgery thinking it's 100% going to work. And I mean, it just, uh, so he went in for the original surgery. I had no idea what the surgery was even going to be. I thought it was going to be a micro discectomy or something like that. Oh no. So I get uh, pictures of the x-rays post-op and he's got eight screws and two rods. And I mean, his entire lower spine from L3 down to the sacrum is totally fused and I'm just blown away. And so he comes out of that. He's not feeling very clear on what's going on. He's in a lot of pain. He's got a real negative attitude about everything because, you know, he's, he's only 73, but he's just scared and doesn't know what's going on. He's been retired six months and doesn't know what he's going to do with his life if he can't function. And um, something comes up and he says he has more pain. They do another x-ray and said that something flipped out. So then they have to go in for a second surgery. And so in the last month and a half, he's had two back surgeries. And he still doesn't feel any better. And it's just that that is what I was talking about with that example of people just assume that surgery is going to fix things just because it's quick, it's easy, so to speak. And what they don't understand is there are a lot of complications. And one of those complications of surgery is death. Anytime you go into anesthesia, there's a chance for horrible things to happen. But when you take a more holistic approach, yeah, it might take a little bit longer, but there's a way lower chance of negative side effects. So that's why I always encourage people, you have to go the holistic route as long as you can before you make a decision for a surgery or something like that, because it's just really, you're, you're putting a lot of risk on the line there. It's, it requires some patience, but always in my mind worth it. There's got to be a progression, a step, uh, step to treatment. Absolutely. So, I mean, I could talk about this for hours. We may have, we may lose some listeners if we do that. So <laughs> if people want to <laughs> know, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go to find out more? Uh, they can go to drjohndewitt.com. It's just D-R-J-O-H-N-D-E-W-I-T-T.com. I try to keep that as updated as possible with access to books, supplements, free webinars, uh, stem cell stuff. That's actually where they can go because I've got a couple of uh, little banners on that page right now and they can click on that if they want to take advantage of that free uh, 10-part docuseries by Jeff Hayes on stem cells. Really fascinating stuff. All right. We'll include links on the blog post and give me an example of maybe one or two things you do on a, on a regular basis as kind of health hacks for healing for yourself. The biggest thing for me is coconut oil. And it, the medium chain triglycerides, the caprylic acid in the coconut oil, um, you can get just MCT oil. I have the brain octane from uh, Bulletproof Diet. Uh, and what that does for me is truly amazing because it, it can cross the blood-brain barrier and just is a second source of energy for your brain. You don't have to use glucose, the normal pathway. You can use that. And it has helped people with Alzheimer's. It has helped people with all kinds of neurological disorders. I really think that coconut oil is one of the number one things. Plus, I love the infrared sauna. Infrared sauna, um, it's the dry heat, um, but there's no rocks or anything like that involved, like the old school ways. They actually have heaters in there. There's a bunch of different, you can just Google it in your area. And there's usually light therapy with that at the same time. I like to use the orange light because it helps boost the circulation. And 
it is just amazing. They have it set up where there's a TV right outside the door. You're sitting in your little room. You have a glass door. You look through it, watch the TV, the sounds inside the sauna itself. And I mean, you sit there for 30, 40 minutes at 155 degrees and you sweat out all the toxins you can imagine. And it literally is almost like the fountain of youth. I mean, you have that and then you also have cryotherapy, which is the opposite end of that. And I haven't tried the actual high intensity, crazy cryotherapy, but that'll, that's next on the list. But, but infrared sauna and the coconut oil for sure. Yeah, we've got cryotherapy in our clinic. It's, it is crazy. I'll just tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. All right. Well, Doc, I want to thank you again for taking the time out of your day to spend with us. And I know my listeners got some action, actionable advice out of this interview and uh, wish you the best in future endeavors. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast at www.healbetterfast.com. Oh,